So you have a sliding scale? I definitely have a sliding scale. And I mean, I, I think any voice actor has a sliding scale because it depends on what it depends less on what you're recording and more on what it's being used for. You know, audiobook is going to be yeah. one rate, commercial radio will be another rate, commercial TV another rate, uh, voice of God for a, a, a meeting is going to be a different rate. When would that come up? Well, no, they just, <laughs> I have seen this lately. They refer to, you know, oh, hello okay. and uh, welcome to the annual meeting of, they refer to that as voice of God. I did not realize I've that. just I didn't realize that one either. I've only recently started coming across this. I thought the you weird were one like, trying the, to play a Morgan Freeman no, role no, of some no. kind. No, although frequently people will ask for like a Morgan Freeman type voice. And that's something that I cannot do. Clearly. Clearly, yes. <laughs> one weird one was looking for a voice of God with a Scottish accent. Wow. That and should I mean, be like I, right up your alley. You would think, but Trying to introduce a meeting where you're doing a Scottish accent, for me at least, is surprisingly hard. Hello and welcome to the annual meeting of kilt lovers. Because that's <laughs> what it sounds like. My, my Scottish <laughs> accent's a little too forceful, a little too, it's not very announcerly. I can do an announcer voice, but I can't do an announcer voice with a Scottish accent. <laughs> Which kind of makes me question the whole reason why they were asking I, for that in the there first place. Are, there are other times I've seen accents put down that I think are accidental. Like, I don't think they actually mean that. An accidental accent! <laughs> you made it funny! <laughs> not, not on purpose. <laughs> oh, well. Well, that's Glenn's accent. And that's our show. Welcome to That's Our Show. I am Glenn. And I'm Jim. And it is a pleasure to have you with us today. Well, they're not actually here. They are they're not with us. They're with us in spirit. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope they're with us in physical ear form. Well, not now, but, you know, when they're listening to this. Because if they're not with us, then how are they listening? Well, they're not with us. They're with <laughs> our recording. They're with our pod. They're, uh, uh, hi, I'm Glenn. At this point, I'll take whatever we can get. <laughs> I suppose so. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Jim, uh, would you like to play a game? Sure, I would, but I thought we were going to talk about him first. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. that's right. Okay. It's kind of, I don't know how interesting it would be for people to listen to us playing a game. Unless we put the microphone right up to the controls and then you got some sort of uh, ASMR thing going on. A little on. clicking, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know how well that would work, though. So. Why don't you try it? Glenn First, is, this is like a new controller done in the old Nintendo style. Yeah, it's got the D-pad, it's got the buttons. Yeah, but the buttons are very, they're very soft press. I feel like the other ones were clickier. Yeah, I think they were, now that you mention it, from what I remember. Well, you know what? We should change the format of this show and turn it into an ASMR podcast, I think. There you go. <laughs> and uh, this is what the A button sounds like. And and here's the B button. Can you tell the difference? <laughs> that now, well, that has four buttons on it. Now I'm pressing select. I can barely hear <laughs> yeah, that <I> one. <laughs> yeah, it does have four buttons. There's yeah, so an, it's uh, up, it's upgraded from a. Uh, it actually looks a little bit kind of like a Famicom controller. Mm, uh, it has an A B and an X Y and directional. 
Okay, well, that's a few more buttons than yeah. your old school NES had. Indeed. But anyway, so we're, we're, we were going to talk about, like, our history with video games and... Our sordid past with video games. Yeah, because, you know, we're kind of old, so we played video games, like, back... Well, maybe not you, but I played them in arcades before there were home video game systems at all. Yeah, not me so much. I, um, I can remember when you couldn't play, like, if you were lucky, you might get Pong. <laughs> at home yes maybe pong from what i'm from what i understand had come out on a variety and a amazing variety of different variations of consoles well that I, were all pong it was like a thing th- th- this was a thing this was uh i believe the system was just called odyssey and my my oh, i'm not even uncle, talking about that i'm oh, talking no, no. about like other just dedicated Pong consoles, but this probably goes ahead of that. Well, yeah, because th- this Predates was a ho- this was like the first home console that I was ever aware of, and it basically was just Pong. But you would put these acetate sheets, like transparencies. Yeah, yeah you would, they, but but they were like you know uh, more flexible, and they would stick to your TV. Yes, so you'd put them up on your TV, and the game was exactly the same. Yes. You're but basically it would be like just it, controlling would, a little. Yeah, but light. they would they would call it different games depending on. On what was stuck to your yeah, TV. Yeah, transparencies were like soccer and tennis. Yeah, and but it was all the exact else. same thing. Yeah, because you're just moving around a little light trace on mm-hmm. your, your CRT. Obviously, this only worked with the old school CRT type of a television. Right, right, because that's all there was. <laughs> right, back in the 70s when this came out. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I guess my first exposure to home video gaming was uh, on a home computer because we were very early adopters. We had an Apple IIe. Yeah, at you're home. saying. So, and there were there were games on that mm-hmm. that I used to play all the time. Like the the big one at first was uh, Lemonade Stand. Yeah, I was I was watching a uh, playthrough of that mm-hmm. last night and like, you know, actually given the limitations of the computer and the programming at the mm-hmm. time and setting up a game, it actually is kind of a clever game. Yeah, I mean, it's really for like a younger kid. It's it's all text based. I think there was like an opening like video they thing, had, but it was done with text. It was ASCII art. Well, they yeah, they had kind of very crude graphics to depict what kind of yeah. day it was, the conditions of that day. Yeah, and it would be like, okay, the conditions are you know cloudy and seventy degrees. What price do you want to set your lemonade at? And then it would right. go through each day, and you'd have to set a different price every day. And it yeah, would, different and price, to try different to make amount money. of. Different amount of advertising, how mm-hmm. many you're right, going right. to make. Yeah. You have to and, make those decisions every day. And I think, like, you might have been able to tweak the recipe of your lemonade a little. I, I forget. That I don't recall. I think you started out, your mom gave you the sugar, and then she stopped doing that after a couple of days. And then yeah, the price of the ingredients that. went up gradually or mm-hmm. something. So this is just, like, was a basic game. That was, yeah. that we basically described the entire thing. And, and that was text-based, really. Yeah. First computer we had was actually a Commodore. We got a secondhand Commodore VIC-20, which was f- kind of famous for two things. One, it's commercials with William Shatner. And we'll be right back after these messages. Why buy just a video game from Atari or Intellivision? Invest in the wonder computer of the 1980s for under $300. The Commodore VIC-20. Unlike games, it has a real computer keyboard. With the Commodore VIC-20, the whole family can learn computing at home plays great games too under three hundred dollars the wonder computer of the 1980s the commodore vic 20 coming soon commodore brings you gorf the wonder arcade game and omega race in home versions commodore <laughs> <You're gonna take laughs> the, the whole s- selling point was that 
why buy your kids just a video game console? You can also get a computer that also plays great games or something of that effect. Yeah, and 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 we'll get to that later with the with the home gaming console that I had because that's the reason that yeah. I had this thing. But yeah, back to the like the Apple stuff. So the other thing with the Apple II, like I was actually programming games back mm-hmm. when I had that with with a friend of mine. He like I kind of did most of the design and he did the programming. I know we had like. A, a, it was an ASCII-based skiing game. Like, that was the only one that I know we completed. And okay. probably ended up getting spread around a little bit. There were, so I believe, like, it was a downhill skiing thing, and you had to go through the, the gates. Yeah. And I, I like believe. Like Yeah. So I know we had, uh, the skis were just two vertical lines, and when you would push the arrow one way, it would change to two diagonals two diagonals in either direction i'm trying okay. to think of like uh, uh slashes forward or slash, slashes yeah. Yeah. forward slashes okay. or back slashes depending mm-hmm. on which way you went yeah and then the gates were i believe it was like a greater than sign and a less than sign okay and as the game went on the gates would get closer together yeah so it'd be harder to get that's through pretty them. clever and that game like we completed that game and i know it was at least spreading around our school at the time because how old were you when you did this uh high school oh okay yeah because i'm old Yeah, I mean, they still had Apple II computers in our high school computer lab. We had them in some of the labs when I was in elementary school, Mm -hmm. I guess. So Glenn and I are a little bit apart in age. I'm the old man, and uh, (laughs) Jim here's the the youngster. But, I mean, I do remember them. They had sort of the the monitors that came with them kind of had the mix of, like, purple, green, and white characters. Oh, you had the the fancy ones. We just had the green screen. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, this was, like, sort of four colors. It was weird. Yeah, that, that, I don't remember four color. I remember either full color or green screen. Okay, maybe it was a later version of the 2E. Could be. Was it the 2E you're talking about? So I had the 2E at home. Most of the ones in the school were two pluses. Oh, okay. Is that they were even older. lower or lower? Okay. Yeah, it was the two, the two plus, the 2E, and then they had the 2GS. Okay, I don't remember that one. I think there was a 2C that too, wasn't there? Yes, 2C. I think the 2C also. was between the E and the GS. Okay. Well, the ones I remembered in school were the E's. Yeah. All beige with five and a quarter inch floppy drives. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. I had two of those at home. Uh, I had all of that stuff. Yeah. We did some games that were actually like uh, sprite based, but we never managed to complete them. And I was right. doing the, you know, the sprite design and all of that, but it was a little bit beyond us to to complete these games. But we had some pretty interesting stuff oh, that's going. Cool. Not, not as good as like some of the other games that I played on the 2E because that was like Castle Wolfenstein, the yeah, original so- Wolfenstein. As I was researching this a little bit mm-hmm. last night, I was kind of astounded to see that, oh, so this, I, I didn't even realize it had predated the third person yeah. or first person shooter That was style Wolfenstein game. 3D. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the, the first, first one I saw sure, yeah, sure. back in the early 90s, I guess. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I saw the other one that was right. uh, kind of in a, you're in a room top down and you're, yep. and the guys are talking to the distorted computer race, Actung! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was always stuff like you'd walk into a wall and the whole like thing would glitch and go, brruh, 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 yeah. which was weird. Like, I don't know why they had the whole screen glitch. Like, it was intentional. I so that was one yeah. that I used to play on there sometimes. Karataka. Yes. Oh, my God. I was obsessed with this game. And that, to date, is the only game really like that that I have completed. So it's kind of like a combination of a platformer but it involves a, a lot of combat types of yeah it's a fights, scroller like, that you know left to right your your whole thing is to move right 
that's your whole goal in the game. <laughs> but along the way, you're doing one-on-one -on -one fights with yeah, various so you'd, enemy you'd, characters. You'd like, like run forward or something. And they'd have these little cut scenes. I remember the cut scenes because you'd be running forward and yeah. then the bad guy would run to the left and you'd be running to the right and then you'd face that bad guy. Okay. And it was basically you had six moves you could do. Punch high, punch regular, middle. punch low. Yeah, and a kick. Kick high, kick middle, kick low. You right. couldn't jump. You couldn't do anything like that. And depending on... And, oh, you could also stand up straight. Could you block? No. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think there's any Could block. you move, like, back and forth closer Yeah, you can move away. closer or further away with each fight. You can stand up straight, or you can go into fighting position. I think fighting position you might automatically block. Depending on the guy, you had, like, different ways you would fight them. Oh, and if you and if you were running forward, because you could either walk in your fight stance, move mm -hmm. forward slowly, or you could stand up straight and then run. But if you're running when you get to a bad guy, the bad guy just punches you in the head and you die. <laughs> <clears throat> and then you'd get through, you'd face the bad guy. And then I found out something interesting. At the end of the game, you're like rescuing this princess or yeah. whatever. And normally when you face a bad guy, you have to stop, get into fighting stance, and walk slowly towards them. Saunter over. If you stop get into fighting stance and walk over to the princess at the end she punches you and kills you whoa you have to run into her arms that is the way you have to win that game because <laughs> oh, it sends you all the way back to the beginning you get one life in this game that bitch yeah <laughs> so that was that game another one i played i had a bootleg version of ultima 3 Yeah, so those were, from what I understand, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons types of Basically. worlds, but played yeah. out on yeah, a screen. Yeah, and this was all top down, and you'd go through mm -hmm. this whole thing. And the game, because it was a bootleg version, I don't even think I could finish it. I think when I get to a certain point on it, like it glitched. The, the game, yeah, the game glitched. But they're really still around. You. Ultima games are still around. Yeah, I didn't realize that they had continued to make so many. They are like still around i think they're only pc based now well you said you had played one on the nes too that's moving forward a little further that was when i was in college and mm -hmm. i think my friend had it but you used to be able to like rent games i think it, yeah that i was think this was a blockbuster thing that I, I, was a i think it was many video stores did this for a while yeah but i think this particular one we got from blockbuster yeah. was ultima ultima avatar which is ultima 4 right and quest for the avatar is it called i think I think. Ultima 4 that's Quest what, for Avatar. That's what came up when I looked it up. Ultima 3 is, I think, Exodus? Yes. Yeah. So we got so obsessed with this game in college that we were, like, missing classes because we were like, <laughs> well, we're renting it. We're going to have to return it. we got to try to finish this. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we ever did. <laughs> so should I go through the, all of my, my history of video games? That's, uh, that's my well, early history is right, with, with me, Apple II. Let me switch over to how I started then. Uh -huh. So we, we had our little Vic-20 kind of intro. Right. That was the first computer that we had in the house. We got it secondhand. To start with, it was, I mean, hooked up to our television set. Right. It was not particularly useful. <laughs> we had, it came with a bunch of programs, mostly games, mm -hmm. a lot of which were on cassette because that was a <sighs> thing. I remember that, yes. We had the little data set, cassette player recorder mm -hmm. that came with it, plugged into a port on the side and you would go into the screen, type in load, and load the program right off the cassette and play it. And a lot of the programs were similar ASCII, text-based, I would say. A lot of them were, you're familiar with the text-based adventure type games? Oh, sure. Yeah, they had those on the Apple II yeah. as well. I didn't get as into them. No, nah, I was never really a big fan of those. Yeah. I remember when I was getting into middle school, lots, lots of people I knew got into playing Zork for a while. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that kind of happened. I guess I saw more of that in early college. So a lot of the tapes were kinds of games like that. Maybe there were a few like Blackjack or things like that. We had a couple cartridges that went with it. One was a game called Cosmic Cruncher, which was a blatant Pac-Man ripoff. (laughs) However, because it was Commodore and they had their C logo, Mm -hmm. that was the character you played as. Nice. (laughs) Which that part at least was kind of clever. There were so many ripoffs of Pac-Man. Oh my God, yes. We'll get into Casey Munchkin when I get into it. Right, yes. (laughs) Familiar with that one. So, you know, maybe messed around with it a little bit on occasion Mm -hmm. when we first got it when I was probably around, I don't know, seven or eight, I'm thinking. And then it kind of just sat there because it really wasn't terribly useful. Yeah. But I then, remember some friends had the VIC-20. Like, it was kind of the, the Apple II series, the VIC-20 and the, uh, the was it the, com- no, there was an Atari computer. Okay. Fast forwarding a couple of years, when I got into middle school, we started to have classes related to computer programming. Right. And we were learning basic. When I realized that, oh, yeah, this useless piece of junk that I've been, that I've had sitting around the last few years, I can program it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I used it to practice programming in basic. And right. I didn't like attempt to make a game really or anything because it was not that sophisticated to be able to do that. But mm-hmm. I, I fooled around with... Oh, you'd be surprised. The, that skiing game, I believe, was programmed in basic. Okay. Well, I probably would have run out of memory before I finished the game because <laughs> yeah. that's how... They did have a memory expansion cartridge, but we didn't have that. Yeah. And I also it came with a... Really loud dot matrix printer, which oh sure everybody had that <laughs> didn't work half the time, and you couldn't get a replacement st- ribbon cartridge. They were still doing dot matrix when I started college. Yeah, you'd go to the uh, the computer room and you'd have to print everything out, and then you'd just hear the printer. Yep, I think I think I still had a dot matrix printer in college. It was a color dot matrix printer. Yeah, right? I yeah. think I started with a dot matrix in college and then got a laser printer. Yeah. Uh, wasn't anyway. great, but did the job. Anyway, yep. so yeah, that's what I kind of would cut my teeth on with programming. Mm-hmm. Just doing it more often from what I learned in class. So that was probably the most useful thing I got out of having the VIC-20 for right. a while. So now were how big were arcades when you were a kid? Had they already kind of come out of fashion? Because arcades were pretty huge when I was younger. They were still around. Um, mm-hmm. There was a mall near where I live, just a little... Kind of almost like a glorified indoor strip mall, really. But uh-huh. it did have an arcade yeah. in it. Going back as far as I remember, it was right next to a little movie theater that was in in the small. Mm-hmm. And when I was a younger kid, I didn't really pay much attention to the arcade. It was probably not till I was. It was probably not really until I got an NES and I was playing video games. And I, I I was at a point in my life, probably when I was around nine or ten, where I was transitioning from playing with toys to playing video games. That was kind of what I graduated up to around that point. Once I grabbed a toys and I was pretty much fully shifted over to video games, that's where I started to, obviously having an NES at home, and also when I started to take more notice of the arcade games. And yes, they were still pretty big at that when I was at that age. In fact, they, because it was probably a newer generation of uh, consoles at that point, Mm -hmm. they were... Just as popular, I would right. say. You know, I, I think now they've kind of gone out of fashion because the, the home video games have gotten so good. Well, yeah. But back, you know, back in my day, <laughs> uh, because I am old, like, I remember the growth, the birth and the growth of the arcade. Right. Because I can remember going to arcades and seeing Space Invaders mm-hmm. and Donkey Kong yeah. and Pac-Man and all of these, like, early, early games. Which then would have... 
sometimes inferior ports when the home console yeah and they were still better in the arcade yeah so you know Qbert was was yep. one that i can pl- that i remember playing there too uh, uh space invaders you uh, yeah space invaders um, i played a lot in the arcade but like i didn't really get into arcades until like you know later on when the game started getting better i think mm-hmm. the the ones that i can really remember playing and liking in the arcade i uh cyberball welcome to cyberball it's like a futuristic robot version of football, yes. sort of. Like, kind of simplified, but, like, all the players were robots. Right. Which I enjoyed that game, and I was reasonably good at it. Uh, Gauntlet was another one. Well done. I yeah. still love that, that game. That is a freaking crazy game. I just, I was watching yeah. that, and you're basically going through all these corridors, and there's a shit ton of enemies yeah. like behind walls it, that are just waiting to waiting to get you waiting you kind of have to you. plan for them because the whole thing it's basically you know D inspired and you're yeah you're he plays uh, an elf wizard whatever right uh warrior uh, warrior is running out of food badly. yeah that was <laughs> elf the, the has voice become of, invisible yeah, elf has become invisible yeah and, and i remember like uh when it was a four-player thing in in the arcade and you'd have like you know four joysticks and buttons and yeah. stuff and it was cool because you could either play it as one person or other people would come and go in there and you'd that was just a fun game that i really liked the other one i can remember it just looked kind of relentless from oh it is relentless i don't think i don't know played. if there's an end to gauntlet i've, I've never really like looked that up to see if there's yeah, or if it just continued like for forever level after level after level yeah but uh, another one that i that i really liked that i know there was an end to but never reached i i remember playing this we had like uh it was probably a either high school or junior high trip to washington dc and there was one of these uh consoles at the hotel mm-hmm. of uh dragon's lair yeah which was an animated thing that had, I think Don it was Bluth like a was video disc. That. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a high quality animation thing. And it yeah. wasn't really like that great of a game because it would be like they'd show some clips of animation right. and you'd get to a certain point and be like, okay, you've got to know to go left here. Yeah, it was kind and of it a was memorization like, type of it, the game. It was totally memorization. There was no skill involved with this. Right. It wasn't like, you know, you're choosing to go left or right. And it there was no like, oh, look, there's a big pit to the right. You're clearly not going to go that way. It's just you had a no to go left. Yes. And you would slowly memorize the whole thing. But right. that just, and for some reason, I just loved that. Depending on what you chose, you'd see different animation clips. Right, and it would, it would like Sometimes load up the animation. And... Either you would die or you'd move to the next thing. Really. Right. It was pretty much, I think it was always binary. It was either you'd die or you'd move on. Okay. I think the whole game was just binary choices. Yeah, I never played it, but it, it, it was pretty an imaginative concept for its time. Yeah, it really was. And the, and the animation was just so good because yeah. it was a, I, I mean, believe, this was a like, video disc. This was like is, Disney feature film quality kind yeah. of animation. And they never adapted this. I'm surprised they never No, they, well, did they? they actually did for, I think it was the NES. No, I mean, adapted but, it like into like a movie or something. Oh, oh, Because it no. had a whole story to it. It did. But yeah, I did see a port of it. I think it was for the NES. It was pretty terrible looking yeah there's a there's a, a it, it pc based port too because maybe, it's not yeah. they digitized the animation instead of oh. keeping it cartoon quality drawings right they made it digital drawings which were not as good okay well the one i saw was actually a side scroller okay oh like a completely different game yeah interesting yeah i, I, I mean same character that. same kind of looking Mm-hmm. look to it at least but it was a side scroller but kind of similar you had to like memorize a series of actions so that you okay when you jump to a certain spot the dragon would pop out then you have to jump away to get uh, avoid getting hit by him mm-hmm. then you have to jump over the spot where the bridge collapsed and 
you kind of had to learn the sequence of actions you had to take to safely get through the level. Yeah. Or of you know, or that else you run into thing. the door like, and you turn into a pile of bones or the, something. The the gameplay was not great, but no. it just looked so cool. Yeah, it looked revolutionary time, for its yeah. time. Yeah. So what games were you playing right. when so you got the, to arcade? In the arcade, probably as I came of age and got to the arcade level, I think the killer app, so to speak, of that period of time, this being the late eighties, mm. was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Okay. Which was four-player, uh, beat-em-up, basically a 16-bit machine, effectively, or mm-hmm. maybe even, eh, probably about that. And you just went in and battled a bunch of enemies. Like, they just kept coming in like off the a, screen. Was it like a Street Fighter-style thing? No, no, it, was, um, it wasn't like one-on-one. You just would kind of side-scroll through an area and just right. so waves it- and waves of enemies would keep coming to attack you. And then you get to the end of the level and have a boss fight, and then you move on to the next okay, level. Okay, so it was a side-scroller. So that... Ate a lot of quarters in my day. <laughs> um, and then they came out with an NES port of the game, which I got for Christmas. Okay. But because of the limitations of the 8-bit NES system, it just wasn't, wasn't the wasn't same. Good, yeah. So you had the, the NES system. I had the NES system. I got that for Christmas when I was 10. Mm. Um, so jealous. <laughs> and uh, more on that to come. Yeah. But I think around the same time... I guess it predated it a bit. I'm trying to think of what they competed with because we had a Magnavox. <laughs> is oh, that company yeah. still in business? Magnavox. Um, I don't. I think, think the name so. is still around. Maybe but I don't it's think used it's somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we, we had, had a Magnavox a, VCR. Yeah, we had we had the Magnavox Odyssey Two. Yeah, home game system. So now I don't was... know what did they compete with if not NES. Oh, this was before NES. So this, what was I think their that competition? Odyssey 2 came out in the late '70s. That was probably. I don't remember when the Atari 2600 came out, but that probably that was been, a competitor. There was yeah. also the ColecoVision. Yeah, those which I think those were the competitors the of this. But so those would have been the main competitors yeah, to it. So the reason that we got this, so it was a, it was a home console system with with the cartridges, you know, the things you blow yeah. on. Uh, I, rem- I remember one <laughs> the of the things you blow yeah. on. Kids, <laughs> what, remember what that. Of, <laughs> one of the main differences with the cartridges is they all had a handle on them yes i saw that and some of those carts had multiple games on them did they not yes they did yeah but in addition to that the 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 system that you plugged the console into had a keyboard on it yes but this was not like you know the keys didn't move it was like a almost like star trek the next generation style right. it was kind of almost like what's the best way to describe it sort of like the membrane membrane exactly type of keys yeah yeah so i i don't know what because they have anything that even has anything like that these days uh some remote controls maybe but yeah yeah that kind so of that keys. was it so it had a keyboard so it was kind of like disguising itself like oh this is not only a game system it's also a computer kind of what the vic 20 was sort of going after yeah except this might have well i don't know if it was better or not but no it also had joysticks, no it wasn't it? because yeah it had joysticks the game's Nothing really made use of that keyboard. Almost nothing. There was one thing that we had. So there was, it looked like there was a cartridge called Computer Programmer, and then there was Mm -hmm. another one called Computer Intro. I think we had Computer Intro. Okay. But the programming, like, we also still had the Apple IIe, and the programming on that was far superior. I would imagine. This was not the kind of thing where you plug this in and then you were, like, typing and programming in basic, because first of all, on the membrane style keyboard, you can't freaking type on this thing. <laughs> that would take because you gotta, you gotta push really hard on these buttons to make them work. Yeah. So the best use of that keyboard was games like 
Quest for the Rings. This was a super complex, layered game. Mm-hmm. And what would what would happen with that is they had these uh, overlays that you would put on top of the keyboard, and they would like make the keys into different things. Okay. And this was a whole complicated game. Like, I think it was beyond my capabilities at the time because this came out in, like, the early 80s. So I would have been, you know, like, 11, 12 years old, something like that. Um, And it was just so complex. But their bread and butter for that was basically ripoff of the (laughs) games that were on Atari. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they had, instead of uh, uh, Pac-Man, they had Casey Munchkin. Yes, and they there had, were a couple it, different games featuring that character. As I yeah, understand. they had uh, uh, Casey Munchkin, Casey's Crazy Chase. There were a few others. There was a game that I can remember playing a lot called UFO. Uh, that was like sort of kind of an asteroids ripoff, but a little different. I mean, I guess they were all a little different. Uh, oh, I was remembering the other arcade game I couldn't think of, Breakout. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, they had a Breakout thing. I think okay. on. on most home home consoles and i think they might have had something like that didn't they have a cubert also they was had it? actual cubert that was one of the few licensed that was games licensed. that they had they didn't have a whole lot I, of licensed games i just saw a screenshot and was it wasn't even pseudo 3d it just looked like no, a pyramid of squares basically because the graphics were so bad i mean some of this stuff was sprite based but the people in these things had they were like these little stick figure type things but they were solid and every single game had the exact same people in it. So bad. These games were so bad, but I was so excited to have my own home video game system. And we had a collection of probably like, I'd say 20 games, 20 okay. to 30 cartridges for this thing. Shootout in 2100 AD was another one that had these people. Not familiar with that one. It was basically person sprites. I think they might have thrown like a rudimentary cowboy hat on them. <laughs> and he had his hand out as if it were a gun. Right. And they had trees. You could hide behind the trees and then you'd have to come out from behind a tree and shoot people. <laughs> and they called it 2100 because I guess they decided these were robots. Okay. But they were the exact same things like in the football game where it was, you know, like five players on a side. Yeah. They looked exactly the same, but without the cowboy hat. <laughs> and the basketball game was like a a front view, I guess. It was like most of these things were top-down views. Okay. But the basketball was a front view, but they had like, it was basically like Pong with gravity. Yeah. (laughs) Pong with gravity. Yeah. Some of these games were so bad. Like I I can reminisce and look back and go, oh, this was so like fun. (laughs) But but I mean, just, oh my God. We'd be here for hours. So bad. They didn't try giving any dimension to these characters at all. It was... Mm -hmm. There was color, but they chose to be like, okay, well, this guy's going to be solid blue. This one will be solid red. This one will be solid white. Never was there multiple colors in one sprite. Well, that might have been a technological it limitation probably was. at the time. Probably was. But because oh. even if you're talking about going to the NES later, I think you were mm. still limited to three or four different colors on a sprite. But it made such a difference. And, and they made stuff knowing the limitations of the tv they took that blur into account to try to give things a better look Mm -hmm. so that was my first experience with a home console and and we never at my house even after i guess nes i guess i had to have been in college when that came out (laughs) (laughs) and we'll talk more about that in just a moment Odyssey, video game fun, computer keyboard challenge, the entrance to an alternate world of fire-breathing dragons, hard-hitting sluggers, 
arcade wizard, outer space wizard. More than 40 games in all. Odyssey, the excitement of a game, the mind of a computer. All for the price of an ordinary video game. Odyssey. So we're back, and during the little break, uh, Glenn was entertaining me with some footage from one of the Odyssey 2 games he had that he mentioned earlier called Quest for the Rings. Yeah, it was. I had forgotten quite how insanely detailed that game was. It like came in this big box with like gold leaf instructions, and it had its own accompanying board game. Yeah, really. and it was really nice. Yeah. Beautiful artwork. Yeah. And, beautiful manual it came and it, with. And it. it would have this manual, and you'd see these beautiful pictures of where you're supposed to be, wonderfully drawn and detailed, and then in the corner would be the actual video game representation of that, which they Screenshot. all looked like crap. <laughs> it was pretty awful. <laughs> the game itself, just all this beeping. And yeah. Like, boop, boop, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, really bad. But yeah, then, the characters all look like ease. They're, until they started walking, <laughs> pretty much, pretty but, but but thankfully we moved on a little bit from that, and <laughs> and the big home video game explosion happened with the NES. Yeah, well, that's when it kind of came back. Nintendo after, Entertainment System. Yes, after it failed with Atari, and that kind of all went by the wayside. Yeah. NES kind of came back with a vengeance, and mm-hmm. around eighty five, eighty six or so, and then video games became power uh, popular again. Yeah, which didn't happen really. It was getting quite popular when I was in college, so I wasn't really as much the the, the intended market, I guess, as you. Well, yeah, I, I said earlier I got my NES for Christmas when I was 10, although I had been playing it at neighbors' houses in the mm-hmm. year or so prior to that, so I was already pretty familiar with it. Yeah, I mean, I knew of its existence, and I had seen stuff probably before I went to college, but it wasn't really until I was even further into college and... Like the 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 Super Nintendo system came out, and then I, I kept convincing my roommate to buy the system and buy games and stuff. <laughs> what so is it? He go buys the games and well, you know, we'd go together. Oh, like, okay. and then he'd buy. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so he was financing this operation, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I had the NES action set, which came with the control deck, the two controllers, the zapper, the light gun. Oh yeah, remember that Duck Hunt. Yes, Duck Hunt. It came with the... Where the uh, dog would laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> so we had Duck Hunt and uh, Super Mario Brothers uh-huh. in one in one game pack. Well, everybody had Super Mario Brothers. It came with it, right? It was a <laughs> yeah. pack-in game. But so was Duck Hunt in this particular case. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, that was... Uh, those are good times. Obviously, everybody played the Mario game. Mm-hmm. Probably beat it in about a month or so after we got the console. Oh I was so bad at it, and I used to play it for so long, I would literally... I would get a blister on my thumb from that. Wow. You addict. I just... I, I mean, I don't think... I think the problem was that I was just grip. I had this death grip yeah. in the controller. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, the stuff that I... Other than, you know, the Ultima Avatar that I was mentioning earlier. Yeah. Like, we had... Uh, you remember Tecmo Bowl? Yes, I don't think I had played. I had a different football game, but I'll get mm. to that in a minute. But so it was always the yeah. sports game that my roommate would like to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is the one that I just remember. You would line up, and before you you hit the the button to start the play, mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it had like uh, the the audio chips where it would kind of talk. And this was the game that would just go hut 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 until you press the button. Okay. <laughs> so, hut, 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 hut. Press the damn button. Yeah, basically. And because my roommate got so good at these games, he would beat us really bad. So we would have him play against the computer. Mm-hmm. And my other friend and I 
recorded play-by-play in color. <laughs> Somewhere I have a That's micro awesome. cassette with the two of us doing that. And I think eventually there was some stuff we recorded on video cassette. Okay. So that you could actually play it back with our play-by-play. It's crazy stuff. That's awesome. Crazy college kids. <laughs> and then the other one I remember was Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yep. That was a pretty popular one. Yeah. I, recall. I didn't have it. I think I only actually ever played it in the arcade version. I didn't even know there, there was, was an arcade, arcade version wow. of it. Yeah. But that was, I mean, Punch-Out still existed before and after that, but Mike oh, Tyson it? at the time had his name attached to it, and that was the, I didn't realize it existed before yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't always Mike Tyson. I think the arcade version, instead of having your character, Little Mac, I guess his name was, right. as a smaller sprite in front of the... Uh-huh. Uh, challenge or whoever you were fighting. Uh, it was sort of a, a, trans, a translucent character that was okay. similar in size to whoever you were fighting. Mm-hmm. But that it, was all about memorizing the other guy's little tell. Okay. Yeah. Because like I, I one guy liked... would like raise his eyebrows right before he would come over to punch. Okay. Another guy would do a little dance and then come forward to punch. It was all of that kind of thing. I don't remember all the competitors there was glass joe was the first yeah. one i guess king hippo was in there somewhere I don't yeah know. i never got too far in that one i probably got blisters with that too <laughs> all of my death grips but yeah i just remember like you know we'd, we'd be playing these things in college it was just like between classes we'd be there it was always the sports games that was the ones that, that my old roommate used to like to get we had a few of those but before i get to that i was going to ask you did you ever get nintendo thumb I don't, like, as in, like, your whole thumb would hurt? Like, it wouldn't well, move right? I only I, got blisters. That was the only okay, thing I Okay, no. I would start to get problems where, like, my thumbs would get all clicky. Oh, no. Like, I mean stuck. I, like, the joints would get stuck. Mine, my, my thumb kind of cracks now, but that's just because I'm old. Well, <laughs> no, nah, this... Or I, maybe it's from the Nintendo. This I, I directly tie to wow. my Nintendo experience, but mm-hmm. anyway, I'm better now, mostly. Well, that, that's good. So, sports games. <laughs> yes, yeah, we yeah. had quite a few of those. The first game we got after the console it might have even been like two days later because mm-hmm. uh, my dad wanted to get it was ice hockey yeah we played the ice hockey games too where you had uh, those you, were good games you had like t- four uh, four players four skaters to a team and mm-hmm. you picked whatever country you were playing as and you could pick the the builds of the different players that had different skills some yeah. were faster some were stronger that kind of stuff so you had to kind of build your team around what you wanted and yeah that was fun although the thing i always found annoying with those types of games and not just that one, but any team based game is that it's a team and really the team's players should be able to con- be controlled independently. But obviously you couldn't do that with one controller very mm-hmm. easily. So especially in the case of hockey, if you're trying to control your skaters, but you're also trying to position your goalie, you can't really optimize the position of your yeah. goalie without all your skaters leaving your end of the rink and leaving them out to dry. There was kind of the, uh, the the head jumping that you were eventually able to do in these games where you would control one player at a time. Yes, be you able press to do one that. button if you're on defense. You pressed one button to switch to the skaters yeah. nearest the puck or something like right. that. Right, so, so that got better. I think there were some PC-based hockey games that I used to play too that did that better. We got another NES hockey game later. I think it might have even been an older game called Blades of Steel from Konami. That sounds familiar. It was yeah. a little bit more, I'll say, realistic. I mean, you couldn't control the attributes of your individual skaters, but mm-hmm. you played with five skaters to a side, and it was a little bit more realistic, I guess, as far as the feel of it. Right. As opposed to cartoony. My favorite stuff with these old NES games were still like whenever it would try to talk. 
because <laughs> it always sounded like drunk. There was the the there was a basketball game mm-hmm. that I can remember called Double Dribble. Yes, yeah. And it would always start off and go Double Dribble <laughs> at the beginning of the game when it would load up. Double Dribble. There were even before the NES, there were attempts to have digitized speech yeah. in games, and they always kind of just fell it's flat. Funny. Yeah, I don't think they really managed to make that passable. Probably till the 16-bit era, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit with some of the 8-bit games, but yeah. it was hit or miss. The music though. Man, the music that they did in some of these things was amazing. Yeah, it, Just with, it was, with yeah. so few bits to work with. So. Well, yeah, so many, you only had so many voices available in uh-huh. the synthesis. And they did some amazing stuff. Yeah, and, and a lot of those tunes were catchy. I mean, you can you can hum yourself. Yeah, you can hum that song in your head probably on a moment's notice. That's that's how good the music was or how memorable it was in a number of these games. But even even before that, some of the sounds they had in the arcade, like I, yeah, you know that's Pac-Man dying. And of course, Cubert cursing. Yeah, whatever it was. It was it was almost funnier to see the the voice bubble with all the all the characters. Anyway, no, sorry. Um, back back to your NES Other experience. sports games. So we had a golf game. It wasn't the Nintendo Golf. It was Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf, which was practically almost the same game, I think. Fighting Golf? Yeah, I don't know why they <laughs> called it that. You know, you had to just hit the buttons at different times to control your golf swing and aim your your shot. Yeah, so that that was all right. We had our, the football game we had was 10-yard fight, which was the Nintendo okay. game. It was... Hut, 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 no, there was no speaking, <laughs> but you, you could hear... When the guy was, when the running back was running across behind the line of scrimmage, behind the mm-hmm. offensive line, his cleats made this like <laughs> sound nice. before you, the quarterback would hike the ball and you'd mm-hmm. start the play. It, you couldn't really choose any sophisticated plays or routes like a lot of the later games did. This is that that's now giving me flashbacks to like my first handheld game when I was a little kid, and it had this the football game, and all you were doing was moving the little red dots around on the screen. <laughs> Ooh, yes, we had a game like that for hockey, but it was very similar in concept. It was a Coleco game or something. Yep, yep, it was Coleco for sure. Uh, We also had uh, Bases Loaded for baseball. Okay. That was pretty good. Was that the one that was in uh, Princess Bride? I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember what game was in that, but uh, that was a decent game. I mean, you know, obviously you control pitching and hitting and different pitches, different trying to figure out where to swing the ball, the right timing and position and... My God, I just found the game that I had. It was called Electronic Quarterback. <laughs> and it was indeed Coleco. Nice. That looks familiar. We might have yeah. had that too. Yeah. That there was, a, really there was a more sophisticated one that I was jealous that people had. But yeah, that was the one I had. I forgot another hand, sorry, another LED handheld game. It was a baseball mm-hmm. game. I think I got it from my grandfather. That was fairly decent too. I mean, you just, you watch the little red dot go to the plate and you hit the Yep. the swing button the right time and then it would spin all around the uh the field the, the ballpark and then it would tell you what you got if it was a out or a single or mm-hmm. a double or whatever uh, i'm going down a rabbit hole with this now because there was a head-to-head version of this too oh god that had like two <laughs> sets of like a controller thing on either side okay oh well there's one for 35 bucks maybe i should get that oh boy you never <laughs> know what's on ebay yeah i think that was it as far as the sports games that we had mm. but quite a few yeah I guess I wasn't as into 
the sort of adventure platforming games as much, or I didn't have as many of those. I had like the three Mario games. Right. You know, those I played a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then we start getting into the uh, Super NES and yeah. beyond. Well, that. I never had one of those, but we had one in my apartment in college one year. Mm-hmm. I had the Ninja Turtles arcade game port. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, Tetris. Everybody was yeah, playing I, Tetris. It's funny. A lot I, I never time. got into Tetris until it was on the PC. Okay. Which, I mean, it, well, that frankly, was, it probably predated the PC before, like, a, a Nintendo or a... That was kind of the killer app for the Game Boy when it came out, except yeah, I never had yeah. a Game Boy, so I just had the NES version of it. Yeah, the only handheld games I had were those Coleco ones. Yeah, so. and uh, Dr. Mario. That was a very similar kind mm-hmm. of a game to yeah, that. Kind of, that I, I've had. seen that, like, my son... That was actually on the 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 branded NES... Classic Multi-game edition. classic yeah. edition. Uh, Dr. Mario's on yes, that. Yes, yeah, yep. right, I think That's so. That's where he okay. got that, yeah. There was a Star Trek game that I had, 25th anniversary Star Trek game. Fascinating. Yes. You picked your landing party, you beamed down to several planets, and it was one of those games that I think back on where if I didn't have a guide, or I had a Nintendo Mm -hmm. Power subscription at the time, if I didn't have a guide of some sort, I would have had no idea what the hell to do. Yeah, Honestly, we 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 were talking last episode about getting these shorter. I do know. we want to do we want to like uh, split this up into two episodes? I we think can, we, we should. Can, we got a lot more to cover. We can come back either I don't know, we'll talk about it maybe in a week. We can come back and release the the second part of this. Perhaps. But I think you cuz we still have to cover like PC games and there's a yep. lot of that and Super mobile Nintendo, games and all of that stuff. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. All right, so I guess that will about wrap it up for uh, this episode. Our first half of our trip down arcade memory lane. Yeah. Our video game memory lane, I I should say. Close enough. So if you've enjoyed this slightly shorter episode, uh, you can email us at show at backstage.link. Or you can just go to backstage.link and find our email address there and drop us a line and tell your friends yes tell your friends give us a rating on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and until we see you next time i'm glenn and i'm jim thank you for joining us and that's our show Take this opportunity to give a shout out to Matt Montag, whose VST plugin was used to create the NES chiptune style version of the That's Our Show theme in this episode. Visit his website at mattmontag.com where you can download the plugin. So, what'd you do with all this stuff when the big video game crash of 83 hit? <laughs> the what? You never heard about that? No. Oh, the great video game crash of 1983. That was when, uh, I mean, anybody listening could probably look it up, but that was when a lot of these consoles from that era, like Atari, just a whole bunch of, the market got saturated with a bunch of games that were not good quality, and it kind of turned video games into a fad for a while. Honestly, nothing on the Odyssey 2 was ever of that great quality. (laughs) Well, yeah, but that was a little bit earlier, at least. All right, to be fair, the the stock NES controllers, those rectangular controllers that came with the console, were not very ergonomic at all. No, I still like them, though. I, I can't, like, the new ones, I can't, because I haven't used them enough, when it has, like, the, the, thumb, uh, the thumb joystick, I can't, I, I, I'm bad at, just, I'm old. 
That's what it comes down to. I I'm think old. it was uh, later I got the NES Max controller, I think it was. It's okay. sort of got the horseshoe shape like this uh-huh. Xbox controller that I'm holding for Glenn that nobody else can see. Um, <laughs> but it had... You can see it in your mind. But it had the D-pad, it had the start and select, the right. regular A and, B, A and B buttons, but it also had a turbo A and B, so you could just... You know, you hold down the B button, and Mario just kept firing oh, yeah, those fireballs those, the endlessly. Turbo buttons, yeah. Or if you're trying to hit the coin blocks repeatedly, you just hit Turbo A. <laughs> <laughs> not not to digress even further. 